All right, everybody, welcome back to Art and Labor. I'm your intrepid host, OK Fox, um, here solo, but with a special guest, my good friend for many, many years, an amazing textile artist, an amazing zine maker, uh, an amazing dom and piercing artist, Jin is here. Hello. Hey, Jin. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to finally have you on the podcast. I remember when we first started the podcast in like 2018, mm-hmm. I was like, let's get you on. Yeah, I was just talking about this with <laughs> our mutual friend that I wasn't ready, though. Like yes. in 2018, I wasn't an organizer yet. Um which is, yeah, I guess something that you didn't mention yet that I'm also a cultural worker slash organizer. That's right. For sex workers. But Should have put it in the bio. <laughs> Should have thrown that right in the bio. I, I do a lot of stuff and it's okay to forget some stuff. Where, the other stuff li- implies all that. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Um, if you're on this show. <laughs> yeah. Just eventually, maybe maybe this show is what pushed me into that industry of or that line of work is organizing. but And it just like gave me the prompt in 2018 to do so to do that work maybe I don't know but now I also do organizing like as I don't get paid for it as many organizers (laughs) don't get paid for what they do but I used to get paid for it in New York Mm. and um yeah what do you mean by that one second I'm gonna move the mic closer yeah thank you (laughs) sorry it's okay um, I, yeah, I guess I wasn't like a on the books organizer, if that makes sense. Like I, I didn't, yeah. I, so I worked for the New York city anti-violence project as a community organizer slash community, uh, outreach specialist. But then the pandemic hit, I was only supposed to be an outreach specialist for sex workers. Um, and then the pandemic hit and then I turned, I kind of like revamped my job to make sense for, to be virtual. Um, and also being an organizer virtually is really difficult. Yeah. So the job didn't last very long. Um, and yeah, I, when I say I, I got paid for organizing, that's what I mean. Like I had got a, scooped up by a nonprofit. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I still, there. I'm still in the nonprofit world. I just, um, don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just constantly writing grants and. Yeah, you, getting small stipends, but I barely, and then I use it for the, to buy like in, stuff for our inventory. Yeah, and and you're also like, meanwhile, doing a lot of things like, as yourself and on your own. Yeah, I yeah. I wear many hats. Yeah, maybe a little bit too many. Um, hey, hats are fun. Hats we are love hats. fun. Yeah, and I don't have hair, so <laughs> yeah, I need to cover I, my balding head. So. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, eight years on T, will do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, but I do all those things that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of organizing right now. Uh, I'm the, uh, one of the core organizers for Swap Hawaii. I used to be one of the core organizers for Red Canary Song. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't make sense yet, I now live in Hawaii. I'm from Hawaii originally, lived in New York for 10 years, moved back to Hawaii during the pandemic and moved all my organizing work locally to hawaii and Um, you're here in new york um hanging out for for a bit yeah it's really nice i'm here i thought for pleasure but when i got here i people put me to work yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) whoops yeah which new york what new york is about though people come here and they get put to work like just kind of happens um can you talk about 
Red Canary Song a bit. Sure. So Red Canary Song is a collective of sex workers, migrant massage workers, migrant workers in general, um, mostly of the Asian diaspora. Um, They kind of came together after a massage worker named Song Yang, who was a massage worker in Flushing, Queens, um, tragically died during a police raid. And uh, she jumped from, I don't know what store, what floor of a building, but it had to be at least three or four floors up. And she, she was trying to escape and um, run from the police who were stalking her and trying to get her to be an informant. And she went in and she refused. Um, So when they raided her massage parlor that she was working at, she jumped out of the window and then she fell to her death. Um, So after that happened, which is not, I mean, like the the death is not frequent, but the massage parlor raids are pretty common. Um, You know, all these organizers came together and um, started Red Canary Song um, in honor of Song Yang and also to just kind of raise awareness and fight for the rights and resources for uh, migrant massage workers in particular. Um, Who are currently being um, once again, like criminalized um, very, you know, under Eric Adams uh, and the bullshit, like um, xenophobic and fucked up anti-worker policies of his administration has like ginned people. Oh, wow. That's a, I I was doing a (laughs) pun has like gotten people like all riled up Mm -hmm. and um, it's now like, becoming of a political battle once again like um there's uh people are demanding like an end to like uh it's like it's not real like it's like it's just it's only like a handful of like really christian freaks who are like get this brothel out of here yeah um and then the other one that comes to mind is um you and i went to the all dolled up um, oh, yes. Which was, like, amazing. It was a yeah. all-trans strip club night, like, pop-up night thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as a re- That was organized as a response um, to uh, New York City clubs uh, banning trans uh, strippers. Yeah, which is so wild to me because I was thinking about, I mean, I wasn't around of, during the era of uh, trans sex workers kind of dominating Times Square area when it was a red light district but like that they were so visible they were so like taking up so much space in New York before and they generated so much revenue if you want to talk about it in those kind of ways (laughs) but like why would you and they're I mean not to like perpetuate fetishism but people want to see trans girls dance like what is up with a huge thing yeah totally (laughs) I don't understand why there is a current ban or like they're being discriminated against but you know hence Eric Adams current yeah. climate you know the era of eric adams or whatever just i drumming up like cultural issues yeah. just to do it basically yeah yeah it's just to make to to as a way to obfuscate real political issues right they target groups that they think other people will throw under the bus and sometimes it works but in new york city it normally doesn't work it normally yeah. goes the other way for them i wish it would go the other way for them even more i think it's kind of insane that eric adams has lasted this long without like yeah. a popular demand for his removal frankly i think mm. it's kind of shit that we aren't organized enough to be 
like making real demands like that. Yeah, I I left right before Eric Adams got elected. And I remember kind of keeping up with it a little bit, reading the New York Times when I moved back to Hawaii. I moved back in 2021. I think I mentioned that already. Sorry. But I (laughs) I, um, just remember being like, well, New York is fucked now. I I guess I got out. (laughs) <laughs> like in time but um you yeah, know but you're like out of the frying pan into the f- literal fire yeah in hawaii true yes like jesus christ yeah it was very sad it's very heartbreaking to think i mean i i live in oahu i don't live in maui um i was not yeah. personally affected by the fires but i have friends or know people that have been displaced um and are literally just constantly in a state of panic right now and trying to figure out where they're going to live and lost like generational homes um not to bring this mood down but yes maui and hawaii oh, in general. it's been down we could go further though <laughs> <laughs> like it's this is depressing. a really emo episode yeah <laughs> oh we're dressed appropriately yeah <laughs> uh, it's it fucking it's 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 brutal no matter where you are i mean it is I, I'm glad you were able to, like, you know, be w- with your family during the pandemic and, like, yeah. um, be out there because it was really, I mean, it, I'm sure it was brutal there in a way, too. But, yeah, New York during the pandemic was fucking insane. Yeah, I was in New York, San Francisco, and Hawaii because my sister lives lived in San Francisco. Um, and, yeah, our family went through a really big shift at the time and I had to, I just had to move back. And, um, I mean, I, it, you know, the yeah. pandemic rocked everyone's world in different ways. And mine, mine was just that I had to be back in Hawaii and the pandemic in Hawaii was, it was so disparaging. Like it was just so sad. Beaches were so empty, but it was really cool. Cause then like monk seals would come on the beach cause That's no people really cool. were there <laughs> yeah. and you weren't allowed to like lay on the sand. You were only, but you were allowed to dip in the water, swim a little bit, and then you had to immediately leave. Mm. But and I would do that like maybe once or every other day or something just to kind of get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would see like turtles and monk seals and I was, they were like, yay, all the people oh are gone. They're like, this is mine. Um, but it was beautiful, but also very s- bleak in Hawaii yeah. and Hawaii's not a bleak place. No, uh, but it was, I, I got, I had the pleasure of visiting you a couple months ago. Yeah. And was it was nice. just fucking delightful. <laughs> um, but yeah, to go to go back to, like, yeah, the, er, New York City under Eric Adams is just like really it's um, it's it's just depressing because it's just like it's like the the a way the cops have found this like bare minimum thresholds so that people won't revolt and like. And they rigged the election to get a cop into power after these like yeah. very historic protests mm-hmm. um, and upri- uprising straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I think that's like kind of successfully scared people into submission a little bit, which is r- truly uh, depressing. It's probably um, their intention too, for sure. Yeah, that was their plan. Yeah. Well, I was at the um, uh, Queen's Pride, the first Queen's Pride that that came back after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> there for my job at the time um, because a, most local Queens groups were um, boycotting mm-hmm. pride that year mm-hmm. because it, it has a new, there's like a new pride coalition that's taken it over. Mm-hmm. And that coalition 
basically ruined the parade. Like the, yeah. the Queen's Pride Parade traditionally was like, it's like a, a multicultural celebration. So mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of dancers of all, all different countries. And, and there was still that, but no joke, the first hour of the parade was entirely politicians. Gross. And the kicker was that they allowed Eric Adams and the NYPD to lead the parade. Oh, that's disgusting. It was so gross. <laughs> yeah. and I, But it was very cool that I saw... I saw it happen. I saw Eric Adams was hiding in this cafe <laughs> and he, come, he comes he comes out and he's got this gaggle of freaks like protecting him like like undercover cops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and I I see it happen and I I yell at him. I'm like I'm like how dare you? How dare you be how dare you show your face here? He was wearing an NYPD hat. I'm like, how dare you wear that fucking hat? How Did dare he you wear you? Yes. Okay. Yes, Did I was right there. Okay. I was right there. Uh-huh. And all and he was protected by all these people, so they were like all just pushing him forward and pushing him to the front of the parade. Okay. Because we were waiting for the parade to start. Uh-huh. And um and I was like, Yeah, I I, I forget what else I said, but um then yeah, he he led the parade with an uh, NYPD cop car, and then they did a fucking flyover. That's like ridiculous. it was like a show of force. It was a show of force. Totally, it was a show, and like, like it, yeah. and this new Pride Coalition is all these like similarly minded like right wing Democrats that are just like showing their fucking power, being mm-hmm. like, accept these politicians or else, you know. That's really, really disappointing to hear. I'm sorry that you had that, that Queens had that experience. Yeah, Um, yeah. it's too bad that other people were boycotting that year because I think everybody should have yelled at the mayor and like that would have been great, but I'm glad I got to yell at the mayor. Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad he heard you (laughs) and I'm glad, I don't know, he should feel ashamed of himself. It's so nuts. And then I didn't go the next year, but I don't think he did either. Because he didn't want to be yelled at again. I don't know. I hope other people yelled at him um, from the sidelines. Um, but it, yeah, it's just it's just a strange kind of um, like battle right now in the city of battle of power. <laughs> yeah, that, that is it's okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask like what's it been like in the last two years. And that example says not good. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't, do you think it's getting any better or do you think it'll improve anytime soon? Like, I don't know. There's some interesting, uh, you know, DSA is very invested in electoralism. Um, they seem to have some candidates who are interesting. I don't know if that coalition is building into anything that is meaningful i think there's um i think that tenant organizing is really weak right now mm-hmm. um it's it could be worse but it, it it's not at the levels we need it to be mm-hmm. like in in my neighborhood we lost like something i think it's like 2600 rent stabilized units have been destabilized and a lot are just like sitting empty uh, to artificially inflate rent Mm. and it's affecting literally everybody I know. Um, The, you know, rents are astronomically fucked and Mm -hmm. um, 
we have too many weird ego problems and like uh, lack of discipline to properly organize a, the coalitions needed to, um, uh, you know, reverse destabilization and mm -hmm. increase rent stabilization everywhere, which is like the only way forward in my opinion to, mm -hmm. to bring back the coalitions that gave us rent control in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's what we should be aiming for. And everything that that entailed, including like uh, militia organizing, mm -hmm. like I think is necessary um, to, yeah, to, to, to truly change the course of things. Cause Otherwise, they will just keep artificially inflating the groceries, the rent, uh, yeah, everything. Groceries. Because oh. we have, you know, there's good labor organizing happening. Yeah. But then the capital comes back and hits us with increasing uh, in, in, uh, the extraction in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's super fucked. We just need discipline, though. We just need uh, better... Um, more focused uh, vanguard leaders that have like a true revolutionary vision um, and they can't seem to emerge because of weird uh, issues that are valid a lot of the time but yeah. killing us also yeah honestly <laughs> it's kind of like that in Hawaii too not to the degree of what you shared but Hawaii's always kind of been pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. Like uh, being an organizer in Hawaii as a sex worker organizer there, people love to s tell me that I'm being trafficked or that um, I need saving or that I'm spreading the word of the devil or something. Yeah. yeah and I mean, <laughs> cool. Like I love that description of the devil <laughs> the part. Devil the devil like loose. A, yeah. <laughs> But it's it's very telling of um, what the general narrative of sex work or adult consensual sex work is in Hawaii because and I think it has a lot to do with um, colonialism and specifically like how um, Christian missionaries went into Hawaii, um, colonized everybody, took away their their spiritual practices and just said like you're gonna believe in Jesus now, mm. everything like you're gonna. I don't know. It just like kind of blanketed this whole idea of um, what it's what people do when they live in Hawaii, which is like have a home, have a family, right? Have kids. Um, don't have sex unless you're gonna. It's for to have kids. Like so, like this idea yeah. of having sex for fun and getting paid for it sounds like devil work, right? Like like sounds like demon. I sound like a demon to them, right? Um, but yeah, it's not. And and people love cops in Hawaii. Like I, right. it's so gross. But I think it has a lot to do with that. Hawaii doesn't have a lot of industries. Like we don't have a tech industry. Uh, we what rules our economy is like hospitality, mm. primarily like hotel businesses and stuff like that. Um, because tourism, people love to say tourism is what we need. When we don't, we don't need that. It's just another form of colonialism, which I can talk about forever. But this is not the time. <laughs> but I'm trying to say is that. Um, what am I trying to say? Well, I, they I, love the cops because right. they love property and they love like protecting the tourists and protecting yeah, the property. But I also know a lot of cops because I went to school with a lot of cops or I have friends who have family that are cops because 
they kind of encourage they meaning all of like hawaiian uh, not hawaiian people but like the people of hawaii love to encourage people to become cops and join the military because there's no other options for young men and women or like yeah cis yeah. people primarily <laughs> um for people to get to do other lines of work unless you want to work in a hotel and like literally i don't know if you watched um that mm -hmm. show the the white lotus i didn't first, watch it okay the white lotus in, hawaii? in the first season it's in maui actually oh. um and there was a hawaiian like worker a hawaiian boy worker and he was getting displaced from the hotel he worked at um and had no other job option so he worked at the hotel and that's a pretty common narrative in hawaii right um and that plus like well i don't have anything else to do i guess i'll just be a cop right like that's that's what happens and like i had a client i went on a so i do dom work i also do erotic massage work and um i met i meet with my clients prior to sessioning with them as many sex workers do and i met with one who was supposed to be my needle bottom for a workshop. I really hope he's not going to ever listen to this, but he, when we sat down, I was like, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm a security guard, but I have um, my graduate degree in criminal justice and I want to become a police officer. And I was like, Oh my God, this is not going to work out. Like I feel incredibly unsafe right now. I didn't say all this, but I yeah. immediately was like, okay, I like stopped eating and was like, I'm going to go. And then um, he's like, well, he kind of like started fumbling and he was really nervous and, he like straight up told me like I'm really nervous to meet you because he's he's a submissive little boy yeah. bitch yeah. yeah anyway like yeah what ended up happening was I cut the the date really short um and then I said I will follow up with you about you like practicing for needle bottoming for the workshop and then he I kind of ghosted him I have a problem with doing that but and I probably should be more communicative I'm working on it but he like said like hey like when are we going to practice i was like i don't want to work with you i don't think i want you to be my client like like so long it's okay let's just go our separate ways and then he was like well i don't want to be a cop anymore like and i just looked at him and i was just like or i i like thought about it and i was like he doesn't have other options though like he really thinks he's doing good work and i'm not gonna tell him to do something else because what else can he do right like right. i don't know Right. It's it, it's it becomes this thing of like, if the alternatives aren't presented, then yeah, how can we? Yeah, because we've we talked about this critique on the show before in, in regards to like military recruitment mm -hmm. is like mostly black and brown people mm -hmm. like it's and, and NYPD has been big on this in recent years yeah. too is, you know, trying to siphon off these tensions by like but it, by keeping people so desperate that they just have to take the worst jobs yeah um but they advertise it to not be a bad job well yeah well and yeah. it's and the thing is, is it's increasingly not because it's increasingly I just mean bad as a morally bad, but totally, like there, yeah. you can have a very good salary. Yeah, you know, it's like not a bad deal. The, the army will send you to college. Yeah. You know, I had friends at Purchase who um, did military time just enough to go to college, mm -hmm. basically, and then like went to art school, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Like I, I totally. I mean, that was, there was like a part of me that like almost did really that. when i was like in high school what part of the military i was like 
they would recruit at my high school mm-hmm. and like rotc stuff or? like our some there was like light rotc i remember the peace corps too that was like a huge thing yeah and like seriously considering it as like a oh yeah well i could just like do that and and then i wouldn't have to worry about yeah it's very attractive but then luckily the suny system came into my life Good. because then you can actually afford to go to college yeah <laughs> like, and, like and i think about other states that do not have a robust public college system and like of course, like they're trying to destroy that here in New York. Um, they're like cutting a bunch of shit in SUNY Potsdam. I saw. Oh no! And the CUNY used to be free, and now is not. What? You know, CUNY was free in, in like the when it was first founded, mm-hmm. and and that quickly got shut out, shut off, and uh, it's been more and more. CUNY and SUNY have been more and more expensive every year, and it, that also shows our political impotence. Um, but. Um, these things are hugely important to prevent people from, uh, having to fucking take the blood money, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) like mm -hmm. it's like huge and, you know, part of the moral panic against sex work is to, yeah, is to funnel people into this, like literally, like literally hit them with a hammer until they conform into the perfect colonial subject yeah like that is that is the point um yeah that is that is the moral panic the moral panic is like oh don't don't join the gay people who are like trying to figure out alternative ways of living mm-hmm. you know because <laughs> like we are legit trying to do that like we have these alternative economies that you know we're both a part of mm-hmm. um like all I all I want to do is try like try to expand the different work I do to be able to like keep funding my friends' art. Yeah, that's like all I ever wanted to do. That's yeah, you're what- so good at doing that. <laughs> it's a, it's such a supportive and like good attribute of yours um, <laughs> that you've always done. Like ever since I've known you, you've always been so supportive of people's projects. You are also like a barter of your services and goods, like. <laughs> you know and you gift a lot too you're so generous (laughs) it's 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 like that's like my vision it's like if if the larger political movements are gonna be so impotent and disappointing Mm -hmm. and frustrating like i'm fucking banging my head against the wall trying to like (laughs) trying to like do traditional um political organizing and I'm like, well, I'm, I can do art stuff. I can, I, I know how to do that. That is my world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, if I ha- if I'm doing the like, <laughs> lean in, lean in capitalism, um, shit to in order to keep people afloat, then that that's way that's like fine. I'll do that for now until a vanguard shows up and tells me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ex- literally expropriate me, daddy. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, it, it, you know, if the third world wants to um, rise up against us in the United States and take all of our shit, I invite that and I would facilitate that. But in the meantime, I'm going to, like, try to play the game to be able to distribute 
some resources. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what else is there? Because what else fucking is there? <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Where is the Revolutionary Party? Show me it. I, you know. <laughs> Show me some viable alternatives. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to just like twiddle my thumbs waiting for them. I don't know. It, it's, yeah. But starting disclaimer was, it's like in this climate of like there was like that piece about like oh only like 10 percent of the cover artists on art form magazine were women like ever or like mm. stuff like that mm-hmm. um and uh and you know i don't even remember the percentages for like different people of color mm-hmm. and queer people and whatever but it was like I guess we need to show people ourselves because mm-hmm. the galleries aren't showing people. Mm-hmm. The institutions aren't showing people. We'll be the institution yeah. and we'll show people. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about disclaimer since you just brought that up? Yeah, I figured it we could. Um, we could definitely touch on that. We're about we're about a half an hour in. We've oh, wow. Got, got another half an hour. Yeah. To go. Um and I remember, I remember starting disclaimer when um, City Bird had to fold, and City Bird was in Chinatown, mm-hmm. which I in a in an area that some people fascistly refer to as time as Dimes Square. But <laughs> oh, I heard about this. It is just Chinatown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, this was, you know, years ago. Um, uh, Sarah Wang and Shana Yang um, were part of Con Artist Collective. So was I. And you were too. So was Sessa. And so was Sessa. Yeah, and Zarya. And so, oh my God, you guys are all in Con Artist. Yeah. I I don't know. I avoided Con Artist. No, but you, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I went to your shows. I, I when you when there was that like space in Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a lot of like people from the city, like just trying to like. It was an art. Out. It was like an art club slash yeah. gym slash very chaotic studio. Yeah, but it was more of a social thing than it was about like a shared studio space where you can make art. Yeah, yeah. but it, w- it worked because we, we all socialized. Right, it worked. We're all from we like, all different met each backgrounds. Other. It it was a place where you were, you meet the people you're supposed to meet, and then you go off and do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, you branch off. Yeah, because there yeah there was certainly a lot of like stoner dudes making <laughs> weird stoner dude art yeah but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it lived there that's yeah. it's it resided there and it worked and yeah yeah but then yeah Shayna and sarah started city bird mm-hmm. on henry street and it was like a cutie little gallery that you know they would showcase their queer friends at oh and Zarya was part of City Bird too oh cool and um they showed me me and Sessa had a duo show there okay yeah Yeah. this is I heard about this but I I don't think I knew y'all yet so what was the show this was in 2015 Uh and it I don't remember what we called it I don't remember what we called it but um Sessa was doing um fabric design and uh, like had like a sewing machine set up in the gallery mm. 
and was like making shirts in the gallery out of the out of the fabric mm-hmm. and like it was there's like in, in 2015 there and and like it was like still tumblr times where everybody was doing selfie art mm-hmm. and we were both we were both doing like kind of selfie art mm-hmm. like so there was like like images of sessa in the fabric printed on the fabric <laughs> very meta very meta very sessa yeah yeah <laughs> and mine was similar i was i made up these like three characters who were like the three terrible men from the internet <laughs> and like one was like an elon musk google guy and uh-huh. then one was um like a brony like game gamer gator bronies yeah bronies <laughs> what like my little pony bros yeah. right yes yes and he was like a gamer gate guy he was like a an incel okay in and then there was another guy who was like um a fine art bro mm-hmm. he was like a net art like superstar mm-hmm. like <laughs> he was like a writer rips type okay okay like got it <laughs> And yeah, so I, I made like art with those guys and then uh, we like, it was like a big, inst- I don't know. It was a great, I'm really proud of that show. I, I think it holds up. I think it was really cool. Was there like a performance element to yeah. any of that? Okay. What was the performance? Um, well, really, very coolly, we booked Rafia for oh, yeah. her first music set ever she's great yeah <laughs> she's an amazing visual artist yeah. and everybody knows that and she was just she just got like a new museum shout out thing wow kind of crazy good for her. and uh that yeah that so she performed i performed my drag performance art character mm-hmm. grobin and then i i i came at dressed as one of the characters or something i can't remember I can't remember. We did we did some stuff, but yeah, and the Sessa's performance aspect was like actually s- just sewing in the gallery. Got and, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that okay, that can be a performance. <laughs> I've definitely. I guess I kind of used to do that, like live embroidery. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because you're also textile art and artist, and you were one of the first disclaimer shows we did. Maybe like the second one technically or i forget was it was it really yeah it was really early maybe third i don't know interesting well i remember well shana asked me if i would be interested in doing a show at disclaimer because at the time i was and i never want to make this art ever again but at the time i was making a lot of like vagina vulva art right you made made a dick too i did make a dick thank you i I also made like (laughs) like a like a tea dick one before i had another show yeah um and they were pierced. They were all pierced, Fabric yeah. And pierced. And like the clits or like other parts of the genitalia were like spikes and stuff. They were like kind of abstracted. But I just, I, right after I started making that kind of stuff, shortly after it was like the pussy hat era. And I just right. like hated it. <laughs> That's not your yeah. fault. I know it's not my fault. But <laughs> I was just like, I want to be so removed from this yeah. era. Like, please. So I stopped making. It was all needle felted stuff. I really loved needle felt. I still love needle felt. But um yeah, Shayna asked me. It was to a cool do the show. show. It was a cool show, and it was really, it, I really appreciated the opportunity y'all would give to people to really just go wild and do whatever you can imagine. And then I, I remember I just was like, Shayna, can I be one? Can I be <laughs> can a I disclaimer? Be <laughs> and then like, Shayna was like, if you do this, you will have no time to make art. Like, like Shayna, st- we were biking, and Shayna stopped me and said, like, <laughs> Are you sure? And, <laughs> 
I was like, yes, I want to, I really wanted to continue to be part of like a collective of some sort because I, le I left a con artist and it wasn't really like a community space. It was like art bro stuff. Yeah. Um, and the disclaimer was part of Silent Barn. Yeah. And I liked Silent Barn a lot. Yeah. Um, so much so that I became their bartender. <laughs> 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 uh, another thing. Yeah. Again, New York just yeah. gives you jobs and you do them. But um that yeah i was very grateful to have met y'all there because i really liked the project and it was just called disclaimer because we were really transparent about um everything like we like we had a disclaimer on the wall that was yeah. all, all like stayed on the wall mm -hmm. and it was just about like this is how much it costs this mm -hmm. is the people who run it mm -hmm. this is you know whatever yeah, um because people want to know that stuff yeah just, and just like how like sessa considers making um like sewing in front of people at performance because people always ask you like how did you make that so you if you just m turn it into a performance or like a demo i like to people like to say that i was a performance artist but i just like demonstrated stuff by answering their questions by doing it for them in on a stage <laughs> and i never considered myself a performance artist because i don't even take myself that even seriously. the piercing stuff Mm, I, again, I would just, I consider it like a, a demonstration of what I do privately behind doors. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But I did, you know, briefly have like a piercing partner mm. who now does sideshows. Um, mm. They go by Al, uh, Ali St. Surreal or something now. I think cool. they used to do the show called, Dis have you ever heard of Disaster Piece? Yeah, for Yeah, sure. they, they used yeah. to do that. Cool. But Ali and I used to do a piercing duo called Allogen. <laughs> And um, That's funny. that was performative, though, because we would like pierce each other and like shake each other's bodies violently and like Ooh. get all the blood to come out Ooh. and like do stuff with our blood. And yeah, I can never go to your shows because I'll just pass out. Oh, are you not a blood person? Um, I, yeah. Yeah. OK, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. We give a full disclaimer like, hey, you're going <laughs> to see some blood. I can do it if I'm like sitting in a chair. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I just like might not that. If I don't like eat something, I get like vagovascular response uh, sometimes. That's that's understandable. Okay, <laughs> good to know. So I won't want blood around you. <laughs> I I could do like yeah. I'm not like the worst, but I don't know. I just ha I it happens to me sometimes. I'll pass out. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that stuff is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> but performance art is not really my thing. I'm yeah. not a. I feel like I don't. I think the piercing stuff is cool. The piercing stuff is yeah. fun and cool, and I like doing it for people. I love teaching people how to do it safely. And you split your tongue. Uh, and I split my tongue. <laughs> Sorry, I had to break it. It's okay. No. Um, crazy. It is crazy. I am I like pain. I'm a pain slut, but yeah. I also am getting older, and it, it hurts too much sometimes. Like, I... Yeah, I just got my palms tattooed, and that's enough for me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good off of getting painful areas of myself tattooed. Um, yeah. And now I mostly needle top. I rarely bottom for mm. people. Um, mm. But yeah, pain is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I get what you mean about like shifting your art away from vulva forms. But at the same time, it's cool that you're part of that lineage of like queer and femme art mm. about the body. And like, I, I don't know. I... I think that stuff's important. Like, even though I was like admonishing doing selfie art, it's, it's, it, it was like an important time mm -hmm. to do that sort of stuff to, to think about our relationship to online and mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe if we had been even more critical at the time online would 
not be so awful now. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I do think it's, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's cool. I think that show is cool. You also had this aspect of vortexes. Yeah. That like, was a lot of that very was lesbianic. Very sap. Yeah. Very sapphic, very yeah. lesbianic, mostly influenced by Shayna. <laughs> It's like my most gay friend and our most gay friend, most lesbian friend, most lesbian award. Yeah, goes to, to Shayna Yang. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, and also Shayna likes to think about space and time. And um, while I was while I was working on the art, Shayna was like, "What do you? How do you want? How do you envision this to be displayed?" And I said, "I want like it to all be connected in some way." Um, and then Shayna was like, oh, yeah, like a vortex. And yeah. Shayna is the one that. And it's so nice to make a vortex out of, out of yarn. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like reclaiming some of that like yarn art from like the most vapid bullshit like Bushwick. Like yarn people. bombing people. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> also in my time in New York of all my freelancing I've done, I've worked for like Olek. You know Olek? Oh, no. Yeah, I've done stuff. You know how like when you get famous enough, people make your art for you. I was right. one of those many people right. yeah. in like a factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah. a fabricator. Yeah, a fabricator. There you go. Yeah. I was just like, I'm, I'm just here. What do you need me to do? <laughs> <laughs> like at two in the morning. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's you know at the I, I those types of like weird jobs are it's like annoying, and I I wish our jobs could be more consistent and rewarding. Um, but I am so glad that I, I have the skills to do weird jobs like that instead mm-hmm. of having to join the military. No, you're right. No, I'm very <laughs> grateful. <laughs> it's yeah. like, but that's what I mean about like building up alternatives. Like we have to build the alternatives enough so that like we're doing weird barter system stuff. Um, and it's like a living wage and a comfortable wage. And yeah. Like, you know, we can have enough autonomy in our neighborhoods that we like. Or like, you know, I think about us going to Kahuku Farms mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Oh, when well, you farmed, but I didn't go with y'all. That was. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you were there. No, I had oh work. Oh, my God. You had work. You just, did you just drop us off? I can't remember. No, y'all took my car or oh something because like, I work from home. Um, <laughs> it wasn't Kahuku Farms, but it was Jack Johnson's Jack farm. Jack Johnson's farm. Uh, Ko- Kokua Farms. Kokua yeah. Farms. Yeah, I mean, but that's what it, he's like, you know, what, a music guy? What was his deal yeah, again? He's yeah, a he's banana pancakes, music guy, he's, like folk song, folk singer. But it's like he, he's using that. He bought land and now there's like this learning farm mm-hmm. that people, that was my cat on the mic, get out here. Um, <laughs> people can, you know, go and learn these skills. And it's like the knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And if people, if more people, you know, know how to farm connected with people who have land Mm -hmm. like that's like one more step towards like autonomy like and away from reliance on like global capitalism yeah and it's not full socialism it's but it's something away like that where we can divest uh, away from like 
larger systems of exploitation mm. and try to recreate ones that might just recreate the same problems um, if we're not careful. But if we are careful and disciplined and focused, um, you know, that's a very powerful thing. That mm -hmm. That's like, that could be the difference between people like going into like exploitative jobs mm -hmm. or ex like exploiting themselves with drugs or whatever and like finding meaning in life yeah <laughs> like, and finding like ways to sustain yourself and you know that that is that is meaningful and and uh, like just to to give people the tools to like yeah this is the type of job you could do you could work at the farm yeah it's like kind of fun <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I didn't go with y'all when you visited, but my friend visited um, like a month or two ago and then and then I went with them because it was my day off and I went and I wanted to try it myself. Yeah, um, my dad used to my dad grew up on a farm and he often talks about like, you don't know real work, like try working on a farm. I was like, fine, I will. And then it was really fun. Yeah, it's hard. It's but really it's freaking hard, though. Fun. Yeah, It's super fun. Especially if you're with your friends yeah. and you're learning new things and you're walking away with a bag of like fruit and vegetables. It's really nice, but I don't know. It's definitely, yes, a very hard form of labor that I don't think is for me. Like that is just not my thing, but I would recommend everybody try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like ideas and opportunities, like, you know, even like learning to cook. Like people, yeah. some people never learn to cook or like yeah. never learn to do certain things that it's like, if you did learn these things, like it, you don't have to take, maybe you don't have to take the shitty job. Maybe you could do a job that makes you feel good at the end of the day. <laughs> it's really funny that I keep thinking about how I've heard so frequently, because I started sex work in college, in undergrad. But I also took seven years to get my undergraduate degree because I kept transferring from one school to another. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I like in my sophomore year of the school that I finally graduated from, which is grossly enough SVA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm so sometimes I'm so ashamed to say that because people are like, oh, you went to SVA. Anyway, <laughs> it was expensive. So I had to yeah. do a bunch yeah. of other jobs and I picked up sex work. I was doing like party promotion, graphic design. I was doing like everything. And one time this person was just like, what? do you do like to survive in the city? And I was like, I, I do literally anything I can. And they're like, are you, aren't you tired of like making nothing for these like graphic design gigs? I was like, yeah. And they're like, you, and I guess I've always looked somewhat like dommy in like alternative, if I'm using air quotes here. And they were like, you'd look like a dom, like just, just try it. And I didn't know what that fucking meant. Anyway, people were always saying like, aren't you kind of tired of like, your shitty job like try this job it's it can get shitty yeah but like you can also like determine it for yourself and you can make your own own job um and people it still pays better than a lot of these so much better <laughs> yes. it's it's i mean it's dangerous it's a dangerous line of work don't get me wrong but that's only because it's still decriminal it's still criminalized right if it was decriminalized it would be safer right like totally. and that's why i got into organizing is to try to be part of that movement to make conditions safer by yeah, and even just for those groups that are like working towards like decriminalization or working towards like self self management mm -hmm. it's already made it better yeah totally everybody. but that's the argument of like nypd that i just watched so i just watched a movie that i recommend anyone to watch from um from red canary song artists they made a film called flying power and it's a lot uh, to do with 
uh, following two migrant sex workers as well as just like the work that Red Canary Song does. And they kept showing clips of uh, NYPD um, on the news uh, talking about their massage parlor raids. And they were like, why would any woman want to do this? Like, who in their right mind? I forget exactly what this cop said, but they were like, nobody wants to be treated this way. So what are you going to do? You're going to arrest them? Like, it's nobody wants to get arrested. You fucking idiot. Like, it's uh, I don't know. It's um, wants to, yeah, it's really not that bad. Like, I love being a sex worker. It's not safe. I don't like that. But I love setting my own schedule. I love that. And I don't like I it helps me with my neurodivergence. Like I can make it so that it's accommodating to how I learn and do things. It's um, doming in particular is a very creative job for me. Like I can, I wanted to be a filmmaker. So like literally when I'm setting a scene, I'm Talk like writing dom. a script. Yeah, I, 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 it's perfect. Cause I'm yeah. not filming anything, but I am writing a script, setting the scene, directing it, and then like <laughs> yeah. carrying it out and totally. acting. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nothing is filmed unless they, they pay for that. Yeah, like if yeah. it's for OnlyFans or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, no, I love, no, that, and I, like, I think because I started sex work when I was in art school, it they informed each other a lot. And then after, um, so I've been on like a sex working break, but I've like slowly reentered because, and this is not to bring the mood down again, but I got assaulted at work and I took a really long break because I was like that I need therapy, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that pushed me into getting, uh, going into organizing because I said, if this if this work was like, if we were unionized, like if all this stuff, if, cause I was working at a massage collective in like in Manhattan and, um, yeah, just to remind people you can get assaulted at any job. You can get assaulted at any job, but like I got victim blamed for it. I, yeah, I got because kicked. of your type of job. It's yeah. Even it gets messier. Yeah. Like I couldn't go to HR and be like, Hey, no, I, but I did go to my, my manager and they say like, never get that, let that guy come back. Right. And I, and they victim blame me and said like, what did you do wrong? Oh my God. Um, but you know, it just wasn't a good working environment. So I took a really long break and then I got into organizing because uh, this was, a this un- sadly is a very common narrative. So, um, no, it, yeah. it, it makes sense. And like, you know, I think, and, and, and the, the cops, I think, say stuff like, who would want to do this? Because the cops, and they protect private property, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and the media who create these, these stories and narratives, their target audience is other, like, middle-class property owner mm-hmm. type people. And that, that type of positioning, when you are like a uh when you have your when you own your own home and stuff is to like never encounter the public mm-hmm. that's kind of like like the point of like just siloing people off it's anti-solidaristic it is mm-hmm. like that that the certain level of upward mobility where you're just in your house you get everything delivered mm-hmm. you don't see your neighbors you don't see your community you like just you you're afraid of the public mm-hmm. And, and the public is dangerous. And the most dangerous thing you can do with the public is have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I so I think th- that sort of um, narrative is like, it's like self-sustaining um, of their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're very consumptive and very, 
uh, isolated lifestyles. Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough because I understand why. Like a lot of young people are very afraid. I feel like it's uh, more and more. Um, like more and more each decade, I feel like kids are more scared to like do stuff. Like you know, they you know, like go outside, go outside, <laughs> go hang out in the city, like go yeah. like to a party. Like, you know, a lot of kids are are socialized online. Um, True. Well, are you talking about like queer kids or just kids? Kids, all kids? kids in general, and yeah. I think it's like. I think it's this thing of like just being afraid of bad stuff happening and but it's like bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Bad stuff's going to happen. <laughs> but it's like because bad stuff happens that like gives us impetus to improve those things because right. there are still people who are working shit jobs all day and yeah. need to go to the fucking club and like you know need to fucking let off steam and like it this is just a fact of life that we need to be prepared for and not afraid of mm -hmm. so it's i don't know i'm just trying to say that i commend you a lot for continuing this work even though you faced like the worst like like position like the, the worst conditions that you can oh. face in your job Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, sucks. Yeah, it's, it does suck. But I've gotten fucking, I did like a painting job once in uh, East, in the East Village. And that, and my boss is a fucking perv that like assaulted me at, yeah. in front of a bunch of people. Awful. Like sexually assaulted me. Well, not sexually assaulted me, but like sexually harassed me right. in front of a bunch of people and said really explicit things. And I was like, like this still happens anywhere you go right like so the whole fucking me too movement was about. yeah totally Ugh, like use i mean useless but <laughs> yeah i just i just like i don't know i people are trying they're mm -hmm. trying to change like how these dynamics play out and like certain bad actors have been removed entirely um you know that's why i started the podcast was like former job had a huge sexual harassment scandal right at art forum yeah at art forum. yeah and it was during me too stuff and it just felt so feckless yeah and it felt so fake and what is, none of these people actually give a shit they're way too afraid of losing their jobs than to speak out uh, and stand up for people who were um made victims by these psychos yeah I'm reading a book right now called We Too, and it's, um, I guess, an anthology, but my friend Tina Horn edited it mm. along with someone else named Natalie West, who I don't know, but together yeah. they created this book. And it's a, a bunch of different stories of sex workers who also who have been harmed on the job. And it's called We Too because they don't want to be left out of the Me Too movement because people will, you know, often conservative people will say like, how could you get assaulted as a sex worker if you're literally getting paid to have oh sex God. with somebody? Like you asked for it. That that narrative, that that gaslighting narrative, right? Ugh. Yeah. Like, well, what were you Awful. wearing or something, or what did you get paid? <laughs> what did you get booked for? Like, it's it's the book in itself is very telling and very um, eloquently explains that sex workers are victims or survivors rather of violence 
too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're actual people that are probably put in line of violence much more frequently than any other profession. Um, it's a very dangerous job. And yeah, but it's yeah, honestly, I'm not going to try to paint it in this really bad light. It's so worth it. <laughs> I love being a sex worker. It's so it's like the most fun job ever. Like, but it's something that I have to slowly exit because of other things that I have to do where or I have to think in a new way how I'm going to transform it into something that is a part of my life forever, but maybe just in a different way. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. cool that you have the malleability like, um, yeah. And, and I, and what I like about sex work is that it's honest about what it is. Yeah. Um, whereas like a lot of jobs in the arts is like, uh, like you're often in this like flirtatious role or like, like, I don't know. Or like if I'm a barista now, I'm, I'm also like a therapist. Yeah. I'm also like, I'm just hearing everybody's shit. Oh, I've seen it happen the last time I visited you at your store. Somebody, I think you, all you said was, how's your day going? And someone just unloaded on you. It's fine. I like it. I, okay. I honestly, I like hearing about people's shit. It makes me feel better about my shit. And, I, and, and I'll do it back to people. I'll be like, this is what's happening to me. I have an unrequited crush and it's tearing me apart. And it's fun to, to play up these things. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and and I encounter the public all the time, and sometimes I encounter like prissy, angry, psycho people, <laughs> and like all sorts of weirdos. And I, I love that. I love seeing everybody. I love seeing everybody. <laughs> I used to have this idea that, um, and I'm never gonna do it. So I'll share it on this podcast. But of a bar called the, the what was it called? Barmacy or something like a bar pharmacy where all of your bartenders happen to be licensed like LCSWs, but also have a food handler's license so they can make you your cocktail. But like you write like your own script of what cocktail you want. You give it to the pharmacist and then they make you your drink and then they say like how then you talk to them about your day because they're also counselors. Okay, don't give this away. This is like... uh, Co- this is Jin's pitch copyrighted, but if, you, if anyone wants to fund pharmacy, you could do pharmacy. It would do well in Bushwick, I think. Oh, big time. Yeah. It would be like a huge like viral sensation. It would be like nutty. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also wanted to talk about your zine, which is like, what what is it called? The Umbrella the, oh um no it's called the be easy stay well, it's called safe. the be easy stay safe but mm-hmm. what isn't it the collective called like what is the umbrella so a red umbrella red is umbrella. the international symbol for to end violence against right. sex workers um but i i don't know we apply i recently applied for like the red umbrella fund is that what you're talking about yeah i, I thought mean, maybe a, that they funded the zine no um so i did apply for that grant for yeah. swap hawaii which is the org that i organized for in Hawaii, but um, I the the foundation that funded this project, the Zine Be Easy, Stay Safe Volume Two, um, was called the Effing Foundation. Oh, yeah, Effing meaning fucking, right? Nice. So they only fund sex positive art projects. And originally, it was supposed to be a live embroidery event where I would embroider like butt plugs on people's panties and Cute. like or like I don't know, just like a like a ball gag on your jacket or something. 
along with hiring two friends, one person doing a how to sext seminar and another person with like a how to how to do like light shibari. Um, but the pandemic happened. Everything fell apart. I moved back to Hawaii and I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to include all of the original people. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, a zine. An anthology zine. Yeah. 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 So it was actually pretty perfect. And uh, I can't talk about the next issue, but I it's in the Ooh, works. Because not that I signed like an NDA or anything, but the person I'm working on it with a friend and we're we're not fully developed there yet to talk about it yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be good yeah that's that's um that's really exciting what else do you have coming up um yeah so i'm going to be in uh featured in a show that red canary song is doing at where is it for nyu wow um the title of the show is called Our Inner Quarters, Spaces of Work and Care of Red Canary Song. Its opening is on October 30th, and it's going to be, um, the gallery address is 20 Cooper Square on the first floor. Yeah, wow. Um, NYU, baby. Yeah. And I basically have a little excerpt in there. My zine is going to be there on display. Um, but they asked very thoughtful questions about, like, what kind, how does... Um, how does massage work slash kink work inform like who you are as well as like the activism that you do? And that's like all I do. <laughs> so I went into depth about how I, yes, I am a cultural worker. Yes, I am an organizer. I'm a labor organizer. I'm a sex worker organizer because sex work is labor, blah, 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 whatever. We know this, <laughs> but I really like to define what I do as community care work and, um, when I first started doming, a lot of my clients were people who were Asian, like Asia, of the Asian diaspora. Like, and I was like, I'm helping my community, you know, like, sure. A lot of my clients were also like white men and that's not my community, but the ones that I felt like deep connection to, I was like, we're, we're helping each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, and no, like, I, there's an, there's an exchange happening, but like the exchange doesn't have to like, uh, dominate to not think of i can't think of another better word doesn't have to like like be the like the synthesis of what what that connection was mm-hmm. like yeah i feel i feel similarly about my job it's it's mm-hmm. capitalism but i'm also seeing my neighbors yeah. yeah like it doesn't feel like work either anymore it feels like care right like and i if you go to the show i highly encourage you to check it out just if any of what we talked about today compels you check out the show it's a really good example of what red canary does how activism shows up artistically and creatively um but it really gave me the opportunity to think about like holistically what i've been doing as a sex worker as an organizer as an artist to um not be work um because work under capitalism is exploitative all forms of labor are exploitative right but it was really just like I don't know, Mm. like purpose. It made me feel very purposeful of what I was doing. It gave me meaning and it made me feel like I was contributing to a larger conversation of. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Of just like, not only was I like conversing with people in a way where I'm like literally touching their bodies and we're being very intimate with each other, but I was like caring for them. I was nurturing them and um, 
there was always aftercare. Like I'm always checking in with them. And I felt, you know, it made me feel very connected. And I don't think it's, I think if you go to this show, you'll understand that sex work is not just work as people like to say sex work is work, but it's also like a way of being there for your people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then being in conversation with other sex workers, it it builds community and trust and makes, and makes the environment better and, Mm -hmm. and brings better communication, which means better, you know, clients and better, like, yeah, a better facilitation, like, it, it, yeah, it, it builds it builds towards our jobs being better mm-hmm. when we're all in conversation with one another and not isolated. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we have to be brave and put ourselves out there and maybe something bad will happen. <laughs> oh, no, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but then we learn from all that stuff. And then we get to the point where we're at now where things like feel good to to be recognized and it mm-hmm. feels good to put on an art show mm-hmm. and to have a history of other art shows that we've put on for like a decade. Yeah. Um, that feels good. It, but you know, you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I also want to organize in Hawaii and I know most of your listeners are not in Hawaii, but I want to mm-hmm. organize a, like a all trans girls strip show for sw- that hosted by swap Ooh. or just like an all trans not maybe not trans women but all trans like um show where either like you can do like a burlesque number or like a strip tease or literally like i don't know if you're good at yo-yo do that in a bikini or something i don't know like yeah but like a sexy show talent show sexy talent show is a good idea yeah and that's great yeah i really i'm here to extract ideas well yeah come to my show tomorrow okay what is it it's a variety show um i basically took over Ridgewood Variety Time, which was a show that my, it's my friend Nick hosts. He's still a host, but now I book the show. Okay. And I'm like co-hosting. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I booked only trans people. If it's past 12.30 a.m., I can come. <laughs> oh, right. Because I work till weird. 12.30. I have a weird schedule, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It'll be there. I, that's like, I, you know, I want to do more events, too. Um, yeah. You're doing great stuff. Thank you. I'm trying to it's it's nice it's nice to be at be at a point where um i've got some good i have a good gig that i can like work on my own shit and people like my shit and want to buy it yeah which is crazy um (laughs) i just looked at a huge collage at moma ps1 and i was like okay should be in moma ps1 because you are have like the most amazing collage work i've ever seen and Thank you. It's very dynamic. It's very like vibrant and it deserves to be in museums if that's what I you studied want. collage very seriously. I know. I love telling people that <laughs> when they see my work. I'm like, I studied it. I was at a no, you know collage what you're doing. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I just had a I um I go to school to be I'm going to school to become an art therapist and we just had a whole lesson on collage and and we had to thoughtfully like consider what kind of glue to use for mm. types of clients you have. So if they have like sexual trauma, don't use like a white glue because it Whoa. could remind them of semen. And I was Whoa. like, whoa, I never thought about that. And then they talked about like, don't use like exacto knives for people who are self-harming. I was like, obviously, yes, yeah. that makes sense. But um, it made me think about collage in such depth. And I was like, 
I feel like okay would be really good at teaching this class. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like uh, there was a path where I w became a teacher. Maybe if I wasn't trans, because I feel like that derailed a lot of my development. Was even like, for colleges? I, no, I could do it like now, maybe. Yeah. But I'm like getting old. But it's um, and it's also like I like having autonomy and basically like I I don't know I like being a barista I yeah, don't really fun. I don't really not want to I I'm doing like exactly what I want to do like Good. working in a bookstore yeah you know? um so it's hard to like oh yeah maybe I'll switch careers now but I I do like to teach and I should do it more even just in a um workshop capacity or something mm -hmm. but yeah because uh, i yeah but there's fun stuff that happens in town there's like collage nights and oh, really figure drawing nights and yeah things like that that i should probably should participate in you more. should <laughs> but you're so busy i'm really busy yeah <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to have a successful drag career <laughs> try to get on dragula <laughs> i'm not i'm really not i'm really not um <laughs> But I am trying to uh, perform more and become a better performer. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I've been putting my, like, um, learning chips into lately was, like, I took a clown class with my friend Tali. And that was really fucking fun. I'm, like, clown culture has recently been something that's so intriguing to me. It's honestly great. Yeah. It's really great. It's really cool. It's actually kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, the clowns are hot. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun to wear makeup. Yeah. And it's fun to put on fun clothes mm -hmm. and it's fun to be in a space where you're like just be an idiot because mm -hmm. like yeah cringe stuff the concept of cringe has always been present in my work and i i had i think i really had to like hammer home how to like embody cringe and just keep walking yeah and that's part of being trans too it's very brave it, you just you yeah. just do it and you just say it's you and that's me now. <laughs> it's kind of how like how people will be like trans people aren't real, and you'll be like, or they'll You're also be real. like, yeah, none of us are real. Clowns aren't real. Like, no, clowns are real. <laughs> <We're>, yeah, <laughs> clowns are real. You're real. I'm real. We're all real. Um, <laughs> and we're also not real at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that was really lovely. I'm glad we could finally um have you on the show yeah this was really nice um do you want to uh shout out your socials sure so i uh, my mm. sex worker instagram or my main got deleted because somebody is offended uh, honestly it got deleted after i got top surgery and i That's think so somebody fucked. like was so violently offended by my scars that i it got reported and deleted Psycho. So during Pride Month in June. Oh, we anyway, love it. I have love a, the tech companies. <laughs> um, it, it's okay. It Instagram was kind of rotting my brain, but um, I uh, have a general textile art Instagram, and sometimes I upload random shit uh, at Studio underscore Gin Quack. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, but barely. That's like more sexy stuff. I won't shout that out. <laughs> But if uh, you find the real me, heads can DM. Yeah, you can DM me on Instagram <laughs> um, for that. Um, and I have I, that's about it, really. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's it, everyone. Let's have fun out there. <laughs> Let's have fun. Bye. Bye. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun.
yourself fun. <laughs>